Before we get into the episode, I'd like to put out a quick trigger warning. There is discussion of suicide, self-harm and abuse. This podcast is made for educational and entertainment purposes only and is not a substitute for medical advice or therapy. I honestly cannot say thank you to Emma enough for sitting down and sharing her experience, for being so open, but also for sharing such insightful, valuable information. And I really hope to anybody listening, if any of the stuff in this podcast, anything that we talk about rings true, or if there's anything that flags up and you're thinking, "Mm, this sounds like a situation that I'm in right now, I urge you to seek help I urge you to talk to somebody and please know that you're not alone please know that whatever it is you're going through you can come out the other side stronger and Emma is a true true example of that so without further ado let's get into the episode Hey, it's your bestie Lo. Welcome to Thrive with Lois, the podcast dedicated to helping you become the best version of yourself and to thrive in all areas of your life. You're here because you want to grow inside and out. So are you ready? Let's thrive together. Today I'm joined by the wonderful Emma Davey. You may have seen her on the podcast already. We've done two episodes already together. So before you listen to today's, make sure that you go and listen to those. But I'm honestly honoured to have her back on for the third time. And Emma, who is the owner and founder of the MyNara app, which stands for the My Narcissistic Abuse Recovery app and owner of My Trauma Therapy is just doing amazing work helping women and men all over the world recover from narcissistic abuse and finally find peace within themselves. So Emma... Thank you so much for having me again, Lois. <laughs> I'm just so excited. It's like the third time and it's I know. just... I must be doing something right. Oh, always, <laughs> always. I've had so many people say that they love the episodes where you've come on and they're so insightful. And I think the thing is, you know, a lot of people going through these things on a day-to-day basis, you know, mm. trouble with relationships and, you know, narcissistic, narcissistic abuse. And it's just great that you know yourself you're bringing these important conversations and raising awareness and helping people because Mm. not many people know what narcissistic abuse is or what a narcissist is yeah I know it's it's great that people are now talking about narcissistic abuses in dramas and there's a lot around social media but I think people still don't really understand what narcissistic abuse is and it has become the buzzword Um, And I think it is being used wrongly in some contexts. But ultimately, if you have been affected by narcissistic abuse, you really do know that you have because of the effects that it has mentally and physically on you. So for everyone listening, if they haven't listened to the other episodes, just in a kind of quick summary, what is narcissistic abuse? So it's abuse... Uh, delivered by a narcissistic person or someone that has a lot of narcissistic traits. So this is um, someone that has very low empathy or no empathy at all, no compassion. Um, They use techniques such as gaslighting, manipulation. Um, They make you question your own sense of reality. 
Um, they use triangulation where they try to make out that you're the problem and they start bringing other people in to confirm that you are the problem. So if you are starting to question your identity or question who you are or what you're doing, it's because you are being affected by narcissistic abuse. And you've been affected by narcissistic abuse yourself, haven't you? I have, yes. I I unfortunately endured it for six years. Um, and I was only in the relationship for around three and a half. Um, but even after you leave a narcissist, they still continue because in their mind that they own you. So a narcissist doesn't love you. In They, they see you as as an object so it's very much about ownership with them so if you discard a narcissist that's the worst thing that you can do to them um so they still feel very entitled to keep coming back and it's basically saying I haven't finished abusing you yet and how dare you leave me mm, and it's a very controlling dynamic isn't it very, very. controlling yeah very controlling very manipulative um they want to become everything in your world, which is why they isolate you from the outside world. So your your world becomes very small, but they become very big in it. So they have so much influence over you. Mm. So I've heard of a term coercive control, mm. which I wanted to ask you more about. And again, that's something that you have been through yourself and come out the other side of. Would you be open to talking about that today? Absolutely, yeah. So for everyone listening, what is co coercive control? So that is where somebody breaks you down very slowly, um, piece by piece. Um, it's where they control you, manipulate you, they gaslight you. Uh, a lot of it is uh, financial abuse, where they literally strip you of your identity. So you might have had lots of friends, uh, really good family, close family members, um, great, great thing, you know, doing things outside, great hobbies, but they literally very cleverly chip away at that to try and take everything away from you. So you are left solely dependent on them. Um, it could be stalking, it could be harassment, it could be making you, um, again, question your own sense of reality where it's they'll use phrases like you're crazy you need to go to the doctors um, I never said that or leave you for long or short periods of time um, because coercive control is a chargeable offence now and I finally got my abuser prosecuted for narcissist um, sorry for coercive control and it only goes to show that this is thankfully now being taken seriously because of the damage that it does to their victims because this is the thing, isn't it? Although abuse doesn't always show up physically, mm. it can show up mentally. And that's not always obvious, is it? That mental abuse. Yeah. Um, thing is, when it's not physical, you are left questioning, did that happen? Mm. Um, maybe it is me. I've made them do this to me. Uh you start making excuses for their behaviour. So when you haven't got something tangible as in like a bruise or a black eye or a broken bone, you can't say, you've done this to me. Because when it's emotional abuse and you say, you've said this, it'll be, no, I didn't. You're going crazy. What is wrong with you? You're always starting arguments. And then you, you start to internalise that and think, 
oh, maybe I did start that argument. And again, it starts to break you down, chip away. So the next time, you won't say something back because you know where it's led to before. So it's easier not to say anything, and that's how they break you down. And that's the gaslighting, isn't it? So that's when you kind of start to question your own reality. And I only came across the term gaslighting a couple of years ago when I was being gaslit myself. Mm. And I would always, always question what was happening and my own reality and you know it was oh was I the problem did I cause that you know and it was and it would leave me feeling very cloudy in my own head and and numb so the term like gaslighting and coercive control so what's the difference between the two um it's all part of it to be honest Coercive control is someone really taking control of your life and you not having control anymore. You're not knowing who you are anymore. Um, they uh, they use a form of methods to really break you down. Um, and you lose your circle of friends. You start to isolate. You don't want to go out with people. Uh, but on the outside world, you might be smiling. You are trying to convince the world that everything's okay. And that's just you going into survival mode. Um, a lot of people are identifying that they are experiencing coercive control now because of you know, the media and everything around it. But trying to take control of that when you're in it is very hard because none of us want to admit that we are in a coercive, controlling, abusive relationship because then you've got to make a decision I either stay or I go. But then also if they are being gaslit mm-hmm. as well and not kind of really understanding what's going on or being told otherwise or being made to question their own reality, then that can be, I guess, another obstacle to really figuring out what's going on. Yeah, it takes a long time for someone to actually admit to themselves that this isn't right, he or she isn't the person that I thought I was in love with or they've changed. This is why I really encourage people to have a look at the person that they first met to how the person that they are now with, as in what kind of characteristics they're now showing. Because if it's nothing like the person that they first met, then this is a red flag. Because everyone's on their best behaviour at the start of the relationship, aren't they? They're giving their perfect self and then the mask eventually will drop. Absolutely. It's called the love bombing stage. This stage is where people start to make out. So if we say a narcissist comes along and they uh, find a potential victim, they will love bomb you. So they will shower you with affection, possibly gifts, um, lots of I love you's very quickly. Um, they start to talk about the future a lot very quickly. So you might hear, I've never met anybody like you. I can't wait to spend the rest of my life with you. Thank you for coming in my life. You've changed my life so much. And then you might even hear, I want to marry you or I want to have children with you. And I always say, look at it as a scam. So when you're scammed, you are sold the dream. And that is exactly what a narcissist is doing. They are selling you a dream, but that dream is never going to become reality. But because it was so incredible at the beginning, that is what you hang on to so much throughout the relationship. 
And so as time goes by, they start to push your boundaries as well to see how much that they can get away with to see if you actually even have any boundaries. And to be honest, a lot of people that I see don't have any boundaries, which is why people have become subjected to narcissistic abuse. Unless we're really taught boundaries, then not many of us know what a boundary is. Uh, you could be codependent where, or very empathetic where you're constantly thinking other other people than yourself. And that is exactly what a narcissist wants. How do you know the difference between you were saying about obviously the love bombing stage and showering with affection or, or gifts and things like that? But how do you know the difference between, you know, somebody being genuine and somebody love bombing? Um, so someone that is healthy will be consistent. Um someone healthy won't tend to bombard you um, where it's all or nothing very, very quickly. It's steady. So with narcissists, the the relationship has very highs, highs and very low lows. So you're constantly up, down, up, down where a normal relationship is very steady. Um, and they kind of, they, they try to make you very dependent on them very quickly for all the love uh, the sex, the going out, the the as I said, the future faking, because the dream that they sell you is incredible. Yeah, and then it gets taken away very quickly, doesn't it? And then you're you're one. It's that almost um, like tug of war, isn't it? Mm. You know, you're given given so much, and then it's taken away from you, and you're like, whoa! Like, where did this? Where did this disappear to? This person who was love bombing me and well you wouldn't be saying love bombing necessarily maybe unless you knew but was giving me all this affection and now they're maybe picking at my appearance or they're picking at the way I do things and they're making me feel like nothing or they're making me question my worth and then you start to think well what's wrong with me and then you might see them withdraw and then as a result you run to them even more yeah because you want that most amazing, perfect fantasy back again. Um, it's very cleverly done. So they will start to use terminology. And this is from experience. So I received lots of love, affection very quickly. I was told that he loved me within the first week. Um, now, I, at the time, was very vulnerable. I was 26. I'd been in a relationship that was very stagnant for a long time. There wasn't any uh, chemistry there anymore so I was really vulnerable I was looking to be loved like everybody then Ash come along and he just swept me off my feet said he loved me said that um, he'd never met anybody like me before we were spending all the time we could together and then he started to mention I've been on your Facebook and you've got a lot of men on there do you need that many men on there and you know over time especially when you're younger you just accept anybody. And um, I just thought, oh, maybe, no, I don't. Um, I'll take them off. Because I thought that was somebody that cared or that was showing me affection. So I took that as, oh, he he's actually interested in me and he doesn't, he doesn't want me to uh, be visible to other men because he really cares. I took that as that. Now, and that's the thing, it's like how you take things as well. But what he was doing is he was trying to 
see if I would do the things that he wanted me to do. And I was very quick to do those things because I was so in love with him very quickly um, and I wanted to please him. And did you find those little things that you were doing started to slowly snowball into bigger requests from him? Absolutely. Um, Do you need to dress like that? Do you have to wear tops like that? You know, your boobs are very big in those tops. Uh, They're very revealing. Oh, okay, I won't wear them anymore. Um, Your friends, your family, do you need to see them as much? Yeah, and very, very quickly he changed my perception of me and I, I my identity became who he wanted me to be so this is the first time that I've heard you say his name on the podcast yeah prior we've had to kind of be yeah a bit kind of wary of how much information was being shared are you open to talking a little bit more about the case the coercive control that he was he amounted against you and and how you built up a case how you won the case which you know is incredible yeah I mean it took a long long time to be honest because if I remember the first time the police was ever called um which was I think four years ago um and it got the case got dropped not enough evidence, even though there was video evidence, so I'm not sure how that was. Um, and then he sent indecent pictures to my mum and dad. Um, of himself or of you? No, sorry, of me. Right. Yeah, so he manipulated me at that point and was saying, I'm your number one. Because with narcissists, they have to be your number one. They're, they're very insecure people. Um, and he had a massive problem with me having a relationship with my dad. Uh, very jealous. And um, he said, you say that I'm your number one or your number one's going to see what you really look like. And, you know, as everyone does in relationships, you might have indecent pictures. I had a topless pictures of myself that he had and he sent it to my dad. Yeah. Um, He got arrested for that and he got cautioned um, a few Years later, he done it again to my mum. And then it was the stalking and then it was the harassment of 80 calls a day. Um, 80 calls a day? 80 calls a day, voice notes, um, turning up at my property, trying to bang the door down, got arrested for that. Um, And finally, I mean, I really was on the police's case at this point. Um, Because I had been shoved away of not enough evidence, not enough evidence. And I knew that, you know, this, (laughs) he had had done this previously. um, And he'd done it to me for such a long time. And I just never felt like I was heard by the police. And then finally the CPS took it seriously and prosecuted him for coercive control. And he pleaded guilty, which I was quite surprised about. Um, But because I was collating the evidence, I needed to build up a case. And that's the thing with coercive control, which uh, and um, why I created the app as well. And the functionalities in it is because 
when you start to see this behavior as in red flags you start to see you know 80 missed calls a day the vile voice notes that you get it's a picture that you need to to paint because it doesn't happen all at once it happens very slowly and i always say if you imagine a frog and you put it in a pot of boiling water it will jump straight out but if you put it in the pot and it's cold and then you put it on the heat and heat it up the frog's going to stay in there and it'll eventually die that is what a victim is like in a coercive controlling relationship you can't see it happening and just like myself and many other clients they say i never saw it because it might be a comment here, it might be a comment there, and then it might be a really big, you know, narcissistic rage where they'll be so nasty to you and actually scare you, and then it'll go back to being really nice again, and then you just want to shove that under the carpet because, okay, good, it's over with, we can just carry on with our life, um, and that's the cycle of abuse. So you'll have, you, you will have great days with abusers because they're not abusive 100% of the time but don't believe that that nice person is really them because it's not the true version is when they're being vile you was just talking about the app and the functionalities within the app so the Minara app when did that release uh, it released on the 1st of June tell me a bit more about that so it's an app that's cloaked on your phone so it's not um a visible icon as it was it was it's it's a hidden one i'm not going to say what it is because otherwise we'll let the abusers know but if you go to app and then download the app from there as in it's not in the app stores just yet it will be in the app stores as of september so you've got functionalities in there where you can store all your evidence as in pictures videos and audio um and this is all dated. So if I got a text message, text messages or lots of voice notes, um, say yesterday, I could put them all in there and they would be logged that this happened yesterday. Um, and then you just keep going. Just saw as much evidence as possible. And the reason why I wanted to create this app is because it's very common for the abusers to destroy your evidence on your phone. Also, um, when the narcissist or the abuser is being really kind and lovely, you then think, oh, he or she's being really nice now. I'm just going to get rid of it. It doesn't matter now. That was then. He's changed or she's changed. They're going to go to therapy and we're going to have that amazing future. So you do get rid of your evidence. I really encourage people to use this app to put as much evidence in as possible because you never know when you might need it. So it's not stored in your camera roll. It's not stored on your device. It's stored in the app um, and it's stored in the Amazon cloud. Now, that's not you personally. That is the Amazon cloud. Um, so you, say if your phone got smashed, um, you could download you could log into your account from a computer or from another phone and all your evidence is still there and you can't delete it because you never know when you might need it so I really encourage people to start using that and just have it as your safe haven when you started when did you start collating evidence yourself against ash uh over the years I just always kept it I was yeah uh, I used to send things to family, friends, stuff that I knew I couldn't keep on my phone. Um, like if I was screenshotting because 
he would go down my phone and if he saw that I'd screenshot some of the things he'd sent to me or saw that he had um, that I'd sent it to someone else then he would question me and probably get very very angry with me um, so to keep myself safe I would send it to other people um, I, I at that time I didn't know that I was going to create an app um, it was really just one so I was making sure that I wasn't going crazy and two I needed validation from other people that this isn't you and that's what I very much talk about in the app, that this is not you. You are heard. You're validated. Um, another part is logging red flags as well in in the app. So, again, I really encourage people when you start a relationship, any relationship, because you don't know how the relationship is going to be, but just have it on your phone. And if you start to see red flags, just log them. Because when it's all amazing, happy, you don't remember those red flags or even want to see them as red flags. But within the app, if you've logged five in a week and the number's saying five, that that's a red flag in itself that you've logged that many. Um, but it's those red flags that you ignore in the beginning that you end up leaving for anyway. Um, so this, I just want people to visually see what they're actually going through because it's very easy to make excuses for them they might have a, a bad day at work they've got issues going on with family narcissistic or abusive people always create a pity party that everything's going on wrong in their life to make you feel sorry for them and it kind of deflects doesn't it and then that's mm. when you end up internalizing it and think, think thinking you're the problem yeah very clever yeah. aren't they very clever wish i was that clever <laughs> So you just talked about sending quite a lot of information to your family and friends whilst you were in a very abusive, coercive relationship. How can family and friends support somebody that is being coercively controlled or in a narcissistic relationship? I would just say always be there for them because even though you can see it from the outside of what's happening very plain and clear... And it can be very frustrating for somebody watching a loved one go through this. And you can give them ultimatums of if you want to be with them, then I can't have anything to do with you. But that's playing into exactly what the abuser wants. They want you to walk away and leave the victim there with them because once they're isolated, they've got nowhere to go. So I would just say, please be persistent and just stick with them and just let them know you're there whenever, um, even having safe words so or emojis and say, you know, if I send an elephant to you, it means I'm in trouble and I need you here. Um, just to keep in contact and just allow them to be heard without giving too much. You need to leave them. You need to leave them because internally they know but it's just getting to that point it is not as easy as we'll just leave then it really is not that easy psychologically and it could be financially it could be because of children so many different reasons why someone can't just pack a bag and go and this is what I find so frustrating with people that don't understand this type of abuse and as well the authorities the amount of clients that I hear of police say well if they're that bad when well, why didn't you just leave 
and you, I just feel like screaming because I'm just like you clearly have never been in this situation it's really really hard isn't it it's really hard really hard we are talking about somebody that probably has zero confidence now is absolutely drained and exhausted so traumatized so belittled and I can't and I can't even describe the feeling of me giving up on this relationship. You know, I'd put so much in. I loved him. There's a version, a ghost of him that I was in love with. I couldn't imagine my life without him because that's how he'd created it. So me leaving this person because I was so heavily addicted to him was like someone saying to an alcoholic, you can never drink again. That is how I felt. Impossible. So it's uh, it's so unrealistic for anybody to think you can just walk away like that. But you are a, a true example that you can break free and you can come back stronger. Yeah. You know, which is amazing that you've done that for yourself and you're now in a healthy relationship and your business is thriving and you've created such an incredible, um, you know, platform and helping others based, based on your own kind of experience. Um, what advice would you give to somebody who is wanting to build a case potentially take a abuser to court and hopefully imprison them um collate as much evidence as possible because the cps um, the crown prosecution service will only take a case forward if they generally believe that it will stand up in court so as much evidence as possible put it in the app um because within the app, you can literally just download it all and give it to your solicitor or give it to the CPS and it, there you go, it's done. Um, speak to families and friends or charities, counsellors. You need validation. You know, it's having that confidence because what you're doing is you're standing up to a person that has belittled you, broken you, told you that you're worthless, that no one's going to believe you. You're pathetic say that people think you're a joke and you're you know people are laughing at you trying to fight that and to have that self-belief about you that takes so much courage and I had to literally pick myself up off the floor when Ash destroyed me I got to two points of my life where I attempted suicide um, the abuse was so bad that I was self-harming. You know, that's a lot to come f- back from and piece yourself back together. And because they don't just manipulate you, they manipulate other people around you to only confirm that you are the problem and everyone thinks you're a horrific person. And they tr- they also try to make out that you're the abuser and that you're the manipulative one. So it's battling all those things, but have the confidence to re- to know who you are, find that self-love, find that self-worth. You wasn't put on this earth to be abused by somebody. And it takes time, it takes courage, it takes persistence, but have that goal and work to it. It might take years, but don't give up on yourself. Those are very powerful words there and I'm really feeling everything that you're saying, you know, and hopefully this conversation we're having today um, 
is able to empower one person who mm. listens to this to hopefully find some strength within themselves to take the steps to break free. Is there any support resources or courses or anything that you would recommend to help with overcoming narcissistic abuse and coercive control? Uh, well, I have created a 12-step uh, recovery program called Narc Armour, um, and that is in the app. So um, it's only £6.99 a month. Um, I really wanted to give something back and it was very much based on what I had to do, uh, how it got me through today, the obstacles that I come up against, the challenges that I faced. And just it it's a programme that you can just do at your own pace. The things that I do with clients... It's all at their own pace. I don't push anybody because when you're dealing with trauma, you have to be very careful. Um, and there's there's going to be times where you start phase one, you might get to phase four, and then you go back to phase one again because you might go back. On average, it takes seven times to leave an abusive relationship. Now, I think seven is quite low. I would say... I probably took about 50. <laughs> so don't ever be angry at yourself. You know, what you've been going through is so much pain and what someone's doing to you is, is painful. So be kind to yourself. Try not to lose relationships outside of that relationship because that will only help you in the long run. If someone is saying to you, this person does not seem right, they don't, you're not the person that you used to be. Listen to them. I know it's so easy and you just want to tell them to shut up and no, I'm fine. But deep down, you know. To anyone listening, make sure that you check out the app, the Minara app. Make sure that you check out Emma's socials as well. Emma, where can everyone find you? Uh, on TikTok, it's official Emma Davy, And on Instagram, it's Minara.app. Make sure that you go and head over to Emma's socials. Emma, thank you so much for sitting down today, sharing your story. Just want to say like a huge just well done to you because I've known you for what, like two years now? Yeah, about two years. Yeah, two years. And obviously I've known kind of behind the scenes what was going on and the fact that you've won your case and your business is thriving you're glowing, you're happy, you're healthy. It's just really lovely to see. So Emma is a true example that you can go through hell and thrive again. Definitely thriving. And Lois, you are also looking incredible. And Lois, you are also an example of a survivor. Proud of us both. Yeah. I would just like to leave it on a note of if you're listening to this and you are going through exactly what we've just spoken about. Ask yourself, how many tears are you willing to cry? How many arguments are you willing to go through? How many times are you going to feel isolated and abused before you actually say enough's enough? Because every day that goes by is another day that you're being abused where you could be free of narcissistic abuse. Thank you for sharing those powerful words and thank you so much for your time today, Emma. Thank you, Lois. <laughs> thank you, everyone, for listening and I'll speak to you in the next one.